0: Cutters align the table facet parallel to the length of crystal, one for the weight retention, but two
1: mostly for the color because it's play acrylic.
0: He's calling me boring.
1: Well, I don't know why you're telling me anyway, all this right now. It sounds like so, you got it down.
0: So, um,
1: Welcome to another episode of Gem Junkies. I'm Jonathan.
0: And I'm Brecken.
1: And today we are going to talk about Aquamarine.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited to be back. We're yeah. back in the basement, baby.
1: Yeah, it's been like over a month.
0: It has.
1: Not since we've recorded, but since we've been back in the basement.
0: Yeah, so we we the last one we recorded in-house was Montana Sapphire. And we released that while the AGTA Gem Fair was going on. But during the Gem Fair, it was crazy. We had like four or five interviews that we had to do while working the trade show it, it was insane, but it was fun. And we got to hang out with some super cool people. Huh, Jonathan?
1: Super cool. <laughs> super
0: cool. <laughs> I <feel> so think... <laughs> so, no, cool. it it was so crazy. So, you know, like, we're just a couple kids from Idaho sitting in the basement of our office talking about gemstones. And to meet people that actually listen and to and enjoy the podcast was super cool. Like, we were having lunch one day just... I don't want to say bickering, but bantering back and forth with each other, probably snarkly commenting about things. (laughs) And this guy looked at us from across the table and he goes, hey, you guys are the gym junkies. I listen to your podcast. And it's crazy because no one knows our face, but people know our voice. Right. And he went on to tell us how he got his job at GIA after listening to a couple of our podcasts and using like little one-liners, like spinel was often thought to be, or was often confused with Ruby and, and uh, Sapphire comes in, in every color, color of the rainbow. rainbow. When it's so, red, it's
1: a Ruby. Yeah. and Yeah. But yeah. anyway, it gave him confidence for his interview and he got the job.
0: Yeah. So,
1: so it was it, kind of fun. It to c-
0: fun to get to meet the people that, that enjoy our podcast. And and I know now it's not only my mom and my dad listening to the show. <laughs> Just more moral support, you know? We had some great interviews with Doug Hucker and, and yeah. Danielle from Jim Gossip, and we have a couple more that we're going to release a little later in the year. And, yeah, it's just fun, fun now, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Funnest part of my week.
1: Absolutely.
0: Recording the podcast. Funnest? With Mabu.
1: Did you say funnest? <laughs>
0: she did. I did. That's not a word. Okay, so change it. Can you edit that out and say more fun? No, we're going to leave The most fun? <laughs>
1: Most fun. Most funnest.
0: Are we sure funnest isn't now accepted into the modern English? It's like probably urban dictionary. Okay, (laughs) so I got my street cred.
1: (laughs) Okay. So aqua. Aqua. In the barrel family.
0: In the barrel family, it is the birthstone for March. Got to right. start there. That's why we're releasing this in March. Right. Gorgeous blue gemstone. Should
1: we talk about what else? Beryl is in the Beryl family, in case people have forgotten. Obviously, yeah. Emerald, it's, which was...
0: It's related to Emerald.
1: Yeah. And Morganite?
0: Yep. Heliodor. Heliodor? Mm-hmm. Maxisi? Maxisi? Maxish? Maxisi Beryl, which yeah. is that really vibrant blue that...
1: Kind of like Aquamarine?
0: No, no. It's uh, it's the kind that fades.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it fades
0: like to like aquamarine. Blue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like really I don't know, it's crazy. We'll we'll talk about that later. Okay. But do you do you remember the name for colorless barrel? This is No. Goshenite.
1: Ah, gosh, darn it.
0: Goshenite. I just came across that and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I remember that word from like 7 years ago."
1: Goshenite.
0: Anyway, aquamarine
1: It's blue. It's blue. It Blue to bluish green. The greenish name blue.
0: aquamarine is Latin. Aqua meaning water. Marina meaning of the sea. So basically seawater yeah. is, what, is what the name is. It's
1: the seawater gem.
0: The seawater gem. And over the centuries, it is has kind of been known for its association with the ocean. Right. Um, Pliny the Elder. We know him. We love him. For his... Little book about gemstones way back in the day. Uh, his quote about aquamarine is the lovely aquamarine, which seems to have come from a mermaid's treasure house. I love mermaids. Mm. And there's also a story that Neptune gave the mermaids gifts of aquamarine. So it kind of has this correlation with mermaids. And oddly enough, the twins got an aerial Barbie doll for Christmas from my mom. And it came with an aquamarine ring. What? Yeah, yeah. yeah they wear it sure. around the house. It's a year anniversary is why. Well. Uh, oh, yeah. Um. So they wear this little, like, well, it's not real aquamarine. I mean, it's plastic, but they really? call it their aquamarine ring.
1: I thought it was a real aqua.
0: <laughs> so it was. It was often worn as protection for sailors. They would uh, wear it. To protect them on long journeys and for prosperous journeys and to minimize seasickness. So on my next cruise, I'm gonna try that. But it's supposed to also have the power to calm stormy waters. Right. Now love. Moving past the ocean to love. 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 So I found this very interesting. It is the aquamarine is the traditional gift given to a bride after the consummation of marriage because it is said to absorb that passion. Is that where the something blue comes (laughs) from? Maybe it is the something blue. Huh. There you go. But yeah, Aqua is supposed to absorb that passion after, you know, the night after the wedding. (laughs) But it is, it is called... It's also
1: supposed to be powerful for cleansing the emotional body and opening communication. So, because its gentle energy brings emotional patterns to the surface and assists in understanding the reason for holding on to thoughts or patterns.
0: Hmm. It... Okay. That,
1: I can see that.
0: Yeah, it's it's known as the lifelong lovers stone, and in medieval times, it was used to reawaken the love of married couples. There you go. If you if you're hitting the seven year itch, just get her an aquamarine, <laughs> or dig up that one that you gave her the day after you got married. <laughs> Never know about that superstition. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some aqua. Awkward...
1: Yeah, well, I, I also also there's interesting things about like color energy.
0: Oh, we don't talk color energy. That's getting too hippie. Oh,
1: Isn't this it is really fun? Mm-hmm. And it fit...
0: Oh, okay. Oh. okay then, yeah. then then let's reintroduce Just it. Cut
1: me down. <laughs> but
0: I was I was still He's going like, on with
1: love. Oh, You're go st-
0: with love. Color energy. Okay. Yeah, We're still in love. Let's feel the color energy here.
1: So color energy, aquamarine is the color of the winter sky giving way to spring.
0: Oh, it is right now. We're feeling that vibe right now. Exactly. So as
1: the sun moves higher each day, it marks the beginning of life and emotion, helping us reflect on, question, and relax in our acceptance of the life we have.
0: It is really a relaxing stone to look at. I mean, you just kind of get lost in the blue. It's like looking at the ocean. Yeah, it's beautiful, dude. I went heavy into lore because I found some good stuff. It, during the Middle Ages, aqua was thought to be an antidote for poison. Right. And unlike other gemstones, like you know your topaz and stuff, that you'd have to crush up, crush up and, and, and drink, and drink it. Um, this you just simply have to wear the stone.
1: Oh. So nice. that's
0: why you see a lot of it in jewels worn by nobility and and kings, kings and queens, and royals
1: because because
0: they were all worried they were going to get poisoned. Yeah. In the Middle Ages, it was common. I mean, right? Well, you don't, the, you don't see the poison them.
1: You don't see the other ones because they all got crushed up. in your
0: <laughs> All the topaz got crushed.
1: Crushed.
0: <laughs> but they're, they're, aqua also has a bunch of like mystical properties.
1: Yeah, like crazy so, mystical. like, if you properties. meditate with an aquamarine, it's supposed to give you awakened paranormal abilities, and it's said that you could—it's possible to see your guardian angel what? through an aquamarine crystal when it points to the north.
0: <laughs> we have aqua crystals. Let's meditate. What do you have to think about during your meditation? I guess, about
1: your guardian angel, I guess.
0: I guess. So it was also during the Middle Ages. The most effective crystal ball was believed to have been made out of aquamarine. Of course, and it was especially useful or especially uh, effective under the forces of a full moon, which mm. intensified the crystal's power.
1: Does it also have to do with like the moon and like the ocean and uh-huh. magnetic pole? And so it, it does gets have more... to do
0: with the magnetic pole and all that. Aquamarine is related to the moon. That is its, that is its, its astrological thing. Oh. So, you know. But it was also used as like a medieval Ouija board.
1: What? Yeah. A Ouija
0: board? Yeah. So you would suspend an aqua crystal mm-hmm. over a bowl of water that had the alphabet written around the rim. And you would dangle it there. And then it would move to letters. It is a medieval, it was used as a medieval Ouija board. Wow. And it would point to letters around the bowl. Now also, there's another one, if you dump it, or not dump it, but place it gently in a bowl of water. (laughs) (laughs) Place it gently in a bowl of water. You're supposed to look at the ripples and be able to see like words and stuff like that. I mean, this is all medieval times, you guys. But oh, it was right. also believed that if an aqua ever lost its powers, you just have to set it in a bowl of water overnight and it would be rejuvenated.
1: Seawater or just tap water?
0: I don't know, whatever You're the tap tap water. the water of choice, maybe beer, I don't know, just something with water in it.
1: Beer's not water.
0: No, but it's fermented. I yeah, fermented water.
1: Has water in it, but it's not water.
0: There's also, (laughs) it's like moving on. (laughs) So I, I find it super interesting that you're talking about, you know, using aqua to talk to your guardian angels or see your guardian angel, because in medieval times, if you carved a bird, and this is very specific, holding a tarragon leaf. You know, the herb tarragon? Yeah.
1: So you're supposed to carve the bird while holding a leaf? Yeah,
0: the bird's holding the (laughs) tarragon.
1: I'm so confused. This sounds very godly. the
0: bird is supposed to be artfully holding, in its beak, a leaf of tarragon. Okay. Okay. And if that is carved on an aqua, it is supposed to give the wearer the power to invoke water spirits and talk with them. It is also used to call up the dead and then you can ask them some questions. Zombies. Zombie style. <laughs> yeah, you can call them and ask them the questions and then you're like, okay, I'm done. Now here's a crazy one. F- a frog carved on an aquamarine is said to reconcile enemies. And a Greco-Roman belief was if you share a drink of water, that's poured into an aquamarine chalice with a frog carved on it. You're going to be friends for life.
1: That sounds like an easy thing to find. <laughs> I've seen that everywhere.
0: But I'm just saying, if, if you ever have an enemy, just carve a frog on a and piece a of aquamarine and then. Well, it
1: has to hold water them. too.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe you can just set it in the water. Aquamarine. Is awesome. Like the gem lore for Aquamarine is it's pretty cool. It's yeah. pretty cool. Now, there was a super cool story that I found about King Wenceslas. Do you know the song? Yeah. Good King Wenceslas was out on the Feast of Stephen when the snow laid round about. <laughs> you know the song?
1: <laughs> you have to put that in. I will.
0: <laughs> so anyway, the crown of St. Wenceslas. Okay. Okay. It is, it's named after the Bohemian Duke. Um, what's his name?
1: Wenceslas?
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was. (laughs) (laughs) Wenceslas. Sorry.
1: Mind blown. Mind
0: blown. So he was, as per the Christmas Carol, a very generous man. Okay. He ruled his dukedom from 907 to 935. In 935, he was assassinated by his younger brother, Bullslaus the Cruel. Okay. So get that. Then he was posthumously declared king. And when he was declared king in 10-whatever, they made a crown for him. And that would be the crown of St. Wenceslas. This crown is kept in St. Vistas Cathedral in Prague. Okay. It has a legend that goes with it. It says...
1: So Wenceslas never wore this crown.
0: No, it was made to honor him.
1: Ah, okay.
0: It says that any tyrant who places the crown upon his head shall die within a year, as the crown is the property of St. Wenceslas, and only the rightful bohemian king can wear the crown during a coronation. So this legend also goes on to tell that a Nazi official named Reinhard Heydrich placed the crown on his head while inspecting St. Vista's Cathedral, thereby sealing his own fate. Less than a year after that, the Czech resistance assassinated him. Wow. Bam. Bam. Now, there's no proof of that story, but the legend is believed to be true. So anyway, this crown was commissioned in 1347 for the coronation of Charles IV. And it is the fourth oldest crown in Europe surviving today. that's old. It is, yeah. It is a stunning golden crown encrusted with 116 precious jewels, including a single aquamarine, Mounted to the golden cross atop the crown. Wow. Yeah. So, And it's even not, you can't see it. There's only a replica on display. You cannot see the crown. It is hidden away
1: in the cathedral
0: somewhere. No one knows. The general public does not know where this crown is. So let's talk about barrel. Let's talk about aquamarine. Okay. And the barrel people. Right. Uh, It is a seven and a half to eight on the most scale. So it's a fairly durable stone. Beryl gets kind of a bad connotation because of emerald. Right. And emerald's durability issues stem from the fact that it's heavily included. Right. Not from the hardness of the stone. (laughs) And so aqua being an eye-clean stone with very uh, few visible, eye-visible inclusions is a very durable gemstone. The best color of aquamarine is a medium dark blue to a slightly bluish green. And that color is caused by trace amounts of iron. Yes. And it does a crazy chemistry thing where it's a two-charge transfer between the electrons. So one charge transfer gives it the yellow color. The other one gives it the blue color. And that's what makes up your aquamarine color. It grows in pegmatites, which are those super cool, tall crystals found in caves Mm -hmm. And um, it produces really large, high-quality crystals. And the largest gem-quality aqua ever found was 19 inches long. 19 inches of gem-quality material. It weighed something like 110 kilos.
1: 243 pounds. And it was found in Brazil. In
0: 1910.
1: Yeah, long time ago.
0: Long time ago. Um, but the, so it's crystal structure. It's a six sided prismatic crystal and it's super cool because it has a flat termination on the top. So it doesn't point like your quartz crystal or anything like that. It just, boom, terminates on the top. Flat, Yeah. Okay. So, uh, when you cut an aquamarine, when you facet it into a gemstone, cutters align the, the top of the gemstone, the table facet parallel to the length of the crystal
1: Yeah, for weight retention mostly, but also for color.
0: Color, yeah. So aqua is pleochroic, which means it displays different colors based on the direction you hold the gemstone. So aqua's two colors are like a near colorless and a strong blue. So obviously you don't want to cut it perpendicular or else you're going to get that colorless color to show. So you want to cut it parallel to the crystal growth and then you'll get your pretty blue.
1: Yep.
0: One thing I also found super interesting, and we we fight this battle a lot too when we're making our jewelry, that aqua in smaller sizes is generally less saturated in color. So cut aquas often have to be fairly large to show intense color. So per- particularly over five carats, and then you'll get a really intense aquamarine color. Sources. Where is the number one source
1: Brazil. for aqua?
0: Yeah, we've been there. Yeah, we went into a mine. It was remembering you picked that barrel out of the wall, and I yeah. got bit by some bug, bug, and my leg swelled up. And it was yeah. <laughs> so, don't wear shorts. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no, don't wear shorts to a mine. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's you're gonna get bit by a weird bug. I remember laying in the hotel room with, like, a can of Coke behind my knee because it bit me behind my knee. Don't you remember yeah. that? Yeah, it, it was got big. huge. Anyway, weird bugs in Brazil. It, what, it became a really important source for it in the 1800s, and that was when a miner found a 15-pound crystal in a riverbed. And ever since then, it, it's been the source for aquamarine. The thing that I found super interesting was in the 1850s, there was a group of German immigrants that settled in Brazil, and they found that if they dug anywhere, with any equipment, anything, they would find aquamarine. Hmm. And so they sent that all back to Eder oberstein which was already known as it is today. As As a cutting center. As a cutting center. And so that is how, in the 1850s, Eder Oberstein developed that close relationship with Brazilian gemstones because a lot of what you see them cutting is, you know, Brazilian Brazilian gemstones nowadays. (laughs) So I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, Pakistan. Yeah. Another great place for beautiful aquamarine. It's at like 15,000 feet above sea level or something crazy like that. So it can only be mined for a few short months out of the year.
1: Yeah, and even but where it's not
0: packed in snow
1: and even Brazil where it is is kind of mountainous and then you look at like where it's found in the U.S. Which you can find it Idaho in Idaho <laughs> in Colorado Neither in Wyoming go. um, all kind of in the mountains. So it's kind of interesting that you find it a lot at higher elevations.
0: Yeah, and it's not mined in Idaho commercially. You can't it's on a right. What do you call that forest land?
1: Yeah. It's, it's in the Sawtooth Range near Stanley, Idaho.
0: Yeah, so you can go for a hike up there and see if you see any on the ground, but you are not allowed to mine. I don't even think you're allowed to pick it up because it's protected, correct?
1: Uh, I don't know. I think you can pick it up if it's on the ground. I just don't think you, you can't use tools. Yeah,
0: do not use tools to remove aquamarine from Idaho. We will get you. <laughs> <laughs> We will come after you. Um, so Pakistan's a good source. You find a lot of um, really intensely colored aquamarine there. Beautiful color. Um, China right now is the leading producer of commercial quality aquamarine. Super clean, but really pale in color.
1: Yeah. Also, Colombia, Zambia, Madagascar, Malawi, Tanzania, Kenya. So lots of lots yeah, of places.
0: Yeah. Lots of places. Um, it really affected the aqua market in the U.S. when blue topaz was introduced in the 1980s because the colors are so similar. similar. Yeah, it didn't hurt the market anywhere else in the world, just in the U.S., <laughs> which I thought was interesting. Uh, as far as treatment goes for aquamarine, nearly all of your aqua is heat treated. And what that heat treatment does is it removes that yellow component and leaves a pure blue.
1: Mm-hmm. And this makes it much prettier, th- huh? It makes it prettier. It,
0: it, in, it increases the value of yeah. it. The thing that I found super interesting about it, though, is that they heat treat it after it's been faceted. Hmm. And that's because it's relative; it's inclusion free, so you don't see. It's not going to burst or break the stone or anything like that. All right. Well, I guess that's going to wrap up aqua. That was yeah. fun. It was fun to revisit aquamarine and learn all about. It's mystical properties. <laughs> that I'm gonna apply to my everyday life. Take it on cruises. Take it on cruises with me. You need to
1: speak to the dead, you're speak gonna need, to the use dead. it as a Ouija board.
0: Yeah, I better oh. I better carve yeah. that frog and that bird holding a tarot on the leaf. Out. Wow. Anyway, thank you for <laughs> thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Gem Junkies. As we are super silly today, I'm Brecken,
1: and I'm Jonathan.
0: Uh, if you want to see what we do in our real life, you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Parlay Gems. Um, until next week, Goodbye. bye guys.